The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back here on Big Blue View for the Chris and Joe Show for our next off-season episode. Today's topic, we are going to be pitching some breakout candidates for the 2021 season. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Fum. Folks, make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. So today, as I said, folks, we're going to talk about two guys on offense three guys on defense that we think are in a really good spot to potentially have a big year in 2021. Now, not all five of these guys are going to explode and have all pro-like seasons, but the projection here is is some players that we think have that capability of stepping up, having productive seasons, uh, especially maybe talking defensively where Guys might not really have an elite year, but they're just going to step up because there's a lot of different players that rotate in and out of that lineup. But, Chris, let's roll into the offense first. And I think that when we talk breakout players, it's not easy or we're almost inclined to point to skill position players. But in this circumstance, I think we have to talk heavily offensive line because we've pretty much determined who these skill players are and what they're going to do. The one name that I'm going to be so focused on is Andrew Thomas for this upcoming season because we saw some flashes of what he was capable of towards the end of last year. He was starting to progress and improve and get better as the year went on and finished really, really strong enough to a point where I think it is pretty safe to say that Andrew Thomas has the looks of being a really, really good starting left tackle. Yeah, and like you said, we... Whenever somebody talks about potential breakout candidates, you you always gravitate towards the skill position players because they're the guys who make the highlight real plays. They get on TV. They get the the spots on ESPN or NFL Network. They're the guys scoring touchdowns or racking up 20-yard receptions or big runs. But the Giants' best candidates might just be those two offensive linemen. And with Andrew Thomas, part of it is just he had a – particularly the first part of his rookie season, was rough. Yeah, there, there's just no two ways about it. He struggled with 
speed rushers, especially in that first half of the year. Uh, he struggled very hard with protecting that inside shoulder, oversetting to the outside. Uh, he wasn't really run blocking as well as I think pretty much anyone expected. And really the Giants offensive line as a whole was really kind of a disappointment last year. But then, like you said, the second part of the season after that bye week, it seemed like he started to figure some things out. He started to get more comfortable with his technique. The Giants had a change at offensive line coach, maybe a a different style of teaching helped. And we did start to see some flashes, some, some of the reasons why the Giants took Andrew Thomas as the first offensive tackle in that really great offensive line draft class last year. So I think part of the flashes we saw that really hint at the ceiling he has, but also where he is coming from. He, he set the bar kind of low for himself at the beginning of last year. I think both of those really set him up to be a really good breakout candidate. Yeah. And and what I honestly point to, I think the most is what you talked about after that bye week, we started to see Andrew Thomas be more and more comfortable And a lot that comes into that is something that we talked about a ton before the season and during the season when he was struggling and any of the rookies were having problems is that the messed up and abbreviated preseason slash offseason really hindered early impacts from a lot of rookies throughout the league. It also led to a lot of injuries. You could argue Saquon's injury was a direct result of not having enough contact from preseason games, having not enough contact from practices. All of that stuff led to issues similar to what we saw with Andrew Thomas. And it's not an easy transition to be thrown in at left tackle in your first season. Nate Solder opts out and you are expected to cover and protect the blind side of Daniel Jones, who is the franchise quarterback. Being in that situation, doing it right away, even with a full preseason, is a daunting task. And there's not a lot of guys that are even capable of just plugging in at left tackle right away. We saw a lot of guys this year in the same class, like Tristan Wirfs and like Jedrick Wills, that were playing right tackle to start the season because that was where it was easier to slot them. And now, obviously, they had that right tackle background in college, but they were put in a lot better situations because of that. They weren't asked to play left tackle against the best pass rushers every single game. And we saw a lot of struggling from Thomas early on when facing some of these really, really elite rushers. But as the season continued, he started to look more comfortable. He started to look a lot better. And I think that just from that progression after the bye week, when he's able to settle down and figure himself out, is the best indication of why he can be successful and continue to improve, especially just simply because, Chris, he he has a normal preseason this year. I think now that he has a full normal preseason is why he's going to do a lot better in 2021. Yeah, and he has also really seen the the speed of the game. Yeah, yes, the the SEC is about as close as you're going to get to NFL football, but it's still college. You know, pretty much every guy on an NFL team was the best player on his college team. So this would be like facing the top 1% of power five programs week in, week out. You know, there isn't a single conference 
at the collegiate level that can really prepare you for that and where you can get that experience. So I think really all of that is working in Thomas's favor. At, at the very least, he we should expect him to take a step forward. Now, a breakout candidate, you know, that I think really depends on how you how you define a breakout, especially for an offensive lineman. You know, do we think he's going to be a pro bowler or all pro player? Yeah, I I don't know. And honestly, that's so much of that is name recognition. He might have to wait a couple of years before he can unseat some of the more established tackles. You know, that's also the other reason why I think breakout candidates tend to graduate. Yeah gravitate towards the skill positions just because they've got concrete stats you can point to and look and say, you know, yes, this guy had a 1200 yard 11 touchdown season that he obviously broke out. But if we see hit the giants pass rush or pass block win rate jump way up and we see Thomas maybe get into that top 10, top 15 of, you know, pass block wins. And we see the giants running average start to go up to the left side, I think that would constitute a, a pretty solid breakout. Yeah, that, that for me is if we actually just see progress on the field and consistency. But, heck, Chris, I do agree with your take there that him making a Pro Bowl or making one of those all-pro lists, more so the Pro Bowl is based on name recognition. But, heck, the one thing that Giants players have always benefited from when they're having a good season is just the fact that there are so many Giants fans, not only across the country, but there's just the sheer size of the New York market is sometimes enough to benefit a guy like Andrew Thomas, who might be having an improved year, but not not necessarily uh, an elite year. Could be enough for him to make it onto a, a Pro Bowl roster. But regardless, I think for me, for it to be considered a progression and a big season for him is just consi- is just consistency is for him just to have more games where he is limited in the amount of pressures that he gives up and i know we can point to those analytics that you talked about the pass rush win rate but overall if I, we we just see better reps we see strong performances against good pass rushers not just the weaker end of the schedule that for me is i think what qualifies for andrew thomas and also the second guy that we're about to get to yeah i think pretty much everything we talked about with andrew thomas can be said for the right tackle is expected i think at this point bookend matt parrot you know we didn't see nearly as much of parrot as we did of thomas last year and I think they almost had mirrored seasons. You know, we saw Parrott start to get worked onto the field more and more, uh, especially whenever Alfred Morris was on the field, because, you know, it seemed like the Giants had a separate offensive line package for whenever they wanted to run a zone blocking scheme for Morris, who is a really a better zone runner. I, I suppose we could say running is a bit of a, overstatement but still you know he he had some good runs and picked up picked up some nice yardage and Peart was a part of that but we also saw towards the end of the year him start to tail off a little bit and part of that I think was defenses start started to get more and more tape on him so they kind of realized the Giants tendencies with him on the field their play calling tendencies and also his tendencies as a player so now we're going to get a chance 
at least it is what it looks like now. We're going to get a chance to see him with extended reps with a full off season of strength and conditioning under his belt. And we're going to get a chance to see how he adapts to the defensive adjustments. So we're going to get, get a chance to see if he can take his own steps forward. Yeah, Matt Parrott, I think, is a little bit harder to project than Andrew Thomas just based on the fact that we saw less of him last season. Thomas played a majority of the reps because he was the fourth overall pick. And, and as we assumed, we didn't really think that Matt Parrott was going to be a high contributor because we thought that he needed some time to grow and improve his strength physically. But the thing that stood out and kind of put his himself on the map for being a potential breakout guy is the way that he played against Chase Young. And I think just based on his length and how well he's moved, if he's put on the strength this offseason that we've talked about, like if he's really built up that upper body strength, I don't see a reason why one Matt Parrott shouldn't be starting every single game, starting over Nate Solder or, or however you want to project the offensive line. But on top of that, I don't see why he can't be a consistent, strong right tackle. It's not going to be an immediate switch flip into an elite starter, but for him to start every single game this upcoming season and to just be reliable is what I would be looking for for Matt Pert to have a breakout season. Yeah, and you know, a little bit ago you talked about how tough it was for Andrew Thomas to step into the left tackle role. You know, personally, I don't really differentiate between left and right tackles anymore because anymore pretty much every NFL defense at least any really good one with a good front seven is sending at least two pass rushers at you on any given rep you know we've got Chase Young and Montez Sweat you've got JPP and Shaq Barrett you've got my you've got that just waves of guys the Cleveland Browns can send after you so you know, right tackles don't really have it a whole hell of a lot easier. And the way defenses mix and match players anymore, which this is really going to kind of get into our breakout candidates on the, in the second half of the show. Yeah. You could have a really good pass rusher facing left tackle on one rep, and then he's facing the right tackle on the next, as they just look for any edge, any opportunity, any mismatch they can really find to disrupt the offense. So if the Giants could have both Andrew Thomas and Matt Parrott take a step forward or, you know, hopefully a a leap forward in their play, that I think would really constitute a breakout for the offense as a whole. Yes, yeah, definitely. And and if we get both of these tackles playing at a high level in 2021 is is really going to be a, a big reason for if the Giants offense is is clicking on all cylinders, the bigger question mark ends up being the interior, and that is something that we'll definitely end up hitting on throughout the offseason. We've got three defensive players that we are going to hit on. Before we do so, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate 
in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So, Chris, I think one of maybe the easier guys to project as a possible breakout candidate, and not because we think he's going to make this huge progression in year two, but just simply from the fact that we barely got to see him, and on the few instances he did play, he made some pretty big plays. I have to go with Xavier McKinney first, the second-year safety, and I, I know it's we're, we're rolling with two 2020 draft picks, but... Xavier McKinney missed a lot of last year because of that foot injury. He's returning. He's coming back now. And uh, he's probably going to be one of the starting safeties in year two. It was tough for him to crack into a lineup that was already doing very, very well. But we talked so highly of Xavier McKinney in his, uh, his potential coming into the first year before he had the injury. So now that he's healthy, now that he's fully back, he has the full preseason, just like Andrew Thomas. I can't see a reason why Xavier McKinney isn't an integral part of that secondary playing alongside Logan Ryan. Yeah, and particularly with how Patrick Graham likes to call his defenses with you know all of the various coverage rotations and blitz packages and just looks and personnel packages he likes to run. Yeah. With McKinney's skill set of being a very well-rounded safety, a guy who could play deep, he can play close to the line of scrimmage, he can play the run, he can rush the passer, he can play coverage, he can do all of those things. He's going to have a, a lot of opportunities to make those splashy highlight plays that get guys noticed and get you know that breakout season recognition. And like we said with Andrew Thomas, he... he he has a relatively low bar for himself. So he's not coming off of a, you know, really great rookie season. That isn't to say he played badly. It's just that most of it wasn't there. So he really has a, a fresh clean slate to make a big mark on this defense. And with as much as he can do, he could play an integral role in that back seven. Yeah, and you talked about how we we tend to see some some different personnel groupings. We see guys get moved around. But one thing that makes me excited about Xavier McKinney is the creativity of Patrick Graham, who found various ways to do, to deploy guys on that defense in advantageous situations. So that's why Xavier McKinney, for me, one, has to be a strong candidate. And then a, a second who is a part of the secondary. I don't know if you can fully classify him as a, as a breakout candidate, but just for the fact that he's stepping into his first season with the Giants, he had a down year last year. Dory Jackson, I think, could be brought up into this conversation. And one of the key things for me, Chris, with Dory Jackson is that you're putting him in a situation where he's playing alongside multiple really talented 
guys in the secondary, not just at corner, but at defensive back. But most importantly, he's playing opposite of James Bradbury, who had a very, very good year last year. He was nearly shut down on a lot of guys and made a lot of really big plays. So now Dory Jackson is being asked to be the secondary corner uh, on this on this defense. I think he's going to be put in a lot of really good spots to shut some guys down and make some really good plays. Coming up with some breakout candidates for the defense was a little bit tricky because of just all of the different sub packages and personnel substitutions and exotic blitz designs and everything that Patrick Graham does like to use. You know, we were thinking about maybe guys like BJ Hill, who, you know, flashed as a rookie, but has kind of disappeared since, but he's going into a contract year, but we, you know, just can't, don't know if he's going to get enough time on the field to have a, breakout season. Adoree Jackson should be on the field plenty. Barring injury, he should be playing pretty much every single rep. And, you know, he is, again, like the other guys, coming off of a... Actually, you could even say two down years because, he, you know, his last two years were shortened by injury. Played... He started 10 games in 2018 and only two games last year. You know, it looked like he was headed towards a breakout season in 2018 and his second year had uh, two interceptions, 10 passes defensed, you know, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. But then after that, he, he wasn't really able to replicate it. You know, now he is in a new situation. He's back with Logan Ryan. The two of them have a rapport, it seems. So, this could be a fresh, clean slate for him. He's going to get plenty of opportunities. Like you said, he's going to be in a really good situation as not having to be the guy. He's not going to have to follow team's best receivers all over the field. He's going to have teams hopefully avoiding James Bradbury. So maybe he'll be getting those opportunities to be disruptive, if not create turnovers, then at least end plays or create opportunities for his teammates. And if we consider when Dory Jackson was at his best early on in his career was when Malcolm Butler was playing opposite of him and was playing at a very high level. So last year doesn't really necessarily fit that criteria, but I think now with Dory Jackson coming back fully healthy, I still stand by the fact that he is going to be a big steal in free agency for the Giants to sign him. Last player feels like Chris is somebody that we talk about a lot when we discuss breakout candidates. But you have to bring up Lorenzo Carter. And I, I know that our lads isn't necessarily going to be the most accurate source for where guys are going to line up. But he was listed as a weak side linebacker instead of a sandbacker and instead of the outside linebacker designation, which could be considered a, a stand-up rusher. But I, I think maybe if after coming off this injury, Chris, maybe we see a little bit more. And we talked about this last year going into the season. Maybe we start to see more of a full transition of Lorenzo Carter into just a straight-up weak side linebacker role, and that might be what we need for him to finally hit that stride of being a breakout candidate. Yeah, and it, before he got injured last year, it did look like he was the, the switch was starting to flip with him. He was making some plays, and yeah, again, that's not to say he 
didn't make plays before in previous years, but we never really saw him play up to that full athletic potential. You know, all of that length, all of that just raw athleticism and all of that massive toolbox that he has, we never really saw him just use all of it. And we started to see that, and then he got injured. Of course, that injury is, I think, kind of the elephant in the room with him as a potential breakout candidate, simply because a, a torn Achilles is a torn Achilles. We, we can't say for sure how he is going to come back. However, if he's able to overcome that injury and finally play up to that athletic potential we all know is there. I mean, he is a first round caliber athlete. He, he had just never been able to find a niche either, either at Georgia or with the giants to where he could just fully unleash all of those tools. Yeah. He could be a comeback player of, of the year candidate as well as a breakout candidate. Yeah. Comeback player of the year, you know, maybe for the giants criteria, uh, being that comeback player guy coming off injury. And there were a lot of guys last year, Chris, who had injuries. Oshin Zimenez is somebody who also fits into that criteria. But just based on the circumstance, I think, of him not getting a lot of time last year because of the, the season-ending injury, he was starting to look pretty good. He was, he was on a, a relative consistent streak of making quality plays up until that injury that ended his season. And I, I think we can always... Until Lorenzo Carter is done with the Giants, I think we can always consider him to be a potential breakout guy just based on the sheer fact that he's an explosive athlete. And maybe coming off of the injury that he he sustained last year might impact that, which I believe it was an Achilles injury, which we've talked about a lot of being hard to fully recover from. But if he comes back at a relatively close level of explosiveness and speed, I would not be shocked if he has a big year finally within this Giants defense if they ask him to play a different role with all these different heads that are going to be rushing off the edge instead of maybe him. And like B.J. Hill, Lorenzo Carter is going into a contract year, so he has a lot to play for. Yeah, definitely has a lot for him to, to put out there on the table. He needs to make some money this year by performing well. Uh, in you know coming into a contract year, otherwise he might be suiting up elsewhere and playing for uh, a different team. That's going to be it for today's episode, talking about breakout candidates, folks. Thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Raptor MKII, at Big Blue View. Head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. And also subscribe, five-star review, you know the drill. We'll talk to you soon, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week.